Hello and welcome to the end-to-end football podcast episode one hosted by myself Stuart, Kuda and Sean. Today we'll be looking at the FA Cup third round. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the end-to-end football podcast where we get stuck into the fast-paced world of Premier League football. We're big on opinions, low on facts. A podcast that is based on our own opinions about the goings-on in the English Premier League. We'll be running through all the games, all the gossip on a weekly basis. So stay tuned and check it out. Let's get ready to rumble! So this week, yeah, I've got a little bit of a problem, you know, with the FA Cup with three men. And the guys are Mark Hughes, Eddie Howe and Tony Pulis. Hmm. Stoke, Bournemouth and West Brom. And the reason being, all these teams got knocked out. Bournemouth got knocked out 3-0 by Millwall. We had Stoke get knocked out 2-0 at home by Wolves. And then we had West Brom get knocked out 2-1 at home as well. By Derby. Sure. And looking at, look, exactly. And, look, and looking at the Premier League table, if you look at these teams, West Brom are 8th, Bournemouth are 9th, Stoke are 11th. Them teams ain't got no hope getting into Europe. They're not really in a relegation battle. They're not taking <laughs> the cup seriously. You know what I mean? What do the fans have to actually look forward to? Do you know what I mean? Not a lot. To, not a lot. Ex- exactly. To me, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not happy with, you know what I mean? With, with these teams. I mean, the fans should be happy as well. I think it's unacceptable yep. for some of these teams, you know, to be doing this. I mean, starting off with the, Millwall game, three nil. Jesus, diabolical! Oh my god, absolutely diabolical! Absolutely diabolical! I mean, <laughs> I predicted, I predicted a draw two two there, and three nil was absolutely shocking. I wasn't expecting that. Stoke City, I didn't know what to expect. I never really saw the match, but to lose two nil at home to Wolves again, another unacceptable result. The West Brom one. I mean, to be honest, I was more surprised that Darren Bent scored a goal from outside the box and the result itself. But <laughs> Rolling back <laughs> the years, eh? <laughs> exactly, but it was still a surprise. I mean, what were your thoughts on it, boys? Well, I, I think they're pretty much the same as you, to be honest with you. The the, the three teams that, that went out, uh, probably barring West Brom, uh, they actually had a quite a decent little go at it. But the other two, Eddie Howe and uh, Mark Hughes, making a whole abundance of changes, especially Eddie Howe, Bournemouth and, and Stoke... And West Brom, to be honest, they're all mid-table teams. Like you said, they're all struggling for mid-table obscurity. So why not go after the FA Cup, give your fans something to cheer about, make the season a little bit more worthwhile? Because really, what are you uh, playing for? Nothing. Nothing at all. Maybe. I think maybe they've got one eye on possibly staying at a relegation battle. Let's be honest, staying up is more important than winning a cup. Even though you want to see your teams winning cups, I think financially... And for the fans, I think they would rather stay up than go down. I mean, but really, Stoke gonna go down? I don't. Well, I don't, don't see really, Stoke going down. Yeah, but you know what? The Premier League, you never know. You never know. Could they could they could just get sucked <laughs> into the battle? You never know. <laughs> that, look at last year. You who would have thought Leicester would have won the Premiership? So you can nah, never no, say no, never. No. Fairy tale. But though, man, Stoke, man. I mean, you know, what I mean, I'm looking at this table, and there are like at least nine teams that have. You know, I mean, worse than them. Bournemouth, yeah. Bournemouth, maybe. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, the form could turn this. They had a good start, but they're kind of sort of going downhill, aren't they? But again, man, I expect these teams, maybe not Bournemouth actually, because they're fairly new to the league. So they, they might be just be happy, you know, I mean, staying in the league. But certainly West Brom and Stoke City, especially Stoke City, they, sh- they should definitely be going on a cup run. But even if you take all of the above into account, uh, the relegation battles or, or whatever like that, the the fact of the matter is they none of them play till next week. So for them not to be able to rest their key players for a whole yeah. week, it's just a standard normal Premier League fixture, in my opinion. You should have just 
gone for it and and try to try to go through in the cup. Why not exactly. try to go through in the cup? Because next season, once they get into Europe, that's when it's going to stuff them. Well, by winning the cup. But do they have a chance of winning though, these teams? Even just like a day out in Wembley, as they say. Yeah, I mean, look at whole yeah. Aston Villa, you know, Crystal Palace, all of the teams that went there and got absolutely battered in the final, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that didn't really show up at all, but... At the nah, end of the day, the, Palace, the fans... yeah, Palace didn't get battered though, but he was only until, you know, Pardew done <laughs> yeah, his little sorry, dance. <laughs> <laughs> After Pardew done that little dance, you know, that's when everything went downhill. But otherwise, you're doing all right, you know. You've touched the nerve there. <laughs> but no, but it is a good day out for the fans. Win, lose or draw. I mean, I, 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 went, up, I went up to Cardiff to see my... Uh, my team in a in a very famous FA Cup final in 2006, which Steven Gerrard destroyed my hopes and dreams for. But <laughs> but even on the long train ride back from Cardiff, it was still a good day out. I still enjoyed it. I never forget it. So it's it's definitely a must for any team, and to not even try to get to that position is is criminal for the fans. Really. Moving on to Liverpool against Plymouth Argyle. This one I never actually saw this match, but that result did kind of stand out to me because. You know, you've got a team that's fighting for the title in the Premier League and you've got a team that's leagued to literally 68 places beneath them. You know, Liverpool are 68 places above above Plymouth. You know, if you look at the odds before the game, you're, you're talking Plymouth to win was 16 to 1 and the draw was 6 to 1. I don't care if it's reserves. I don't care who was playing for Liverpool, especially considering three big players came on as well. You know what I mean? I think Sturridge came on, Lalana and Firmino, I think. They all came on with enough time to change the game. And now Liverpool have got an extra fixture on top of, you know what I mean, the fixtures already. That, to me, is another unacceptable performance. <laughs> I'm not sure what got something to say. <laughs> what you got to say about that, Sean, eh? Listen, he played a very young squad and I think I did see the stat that it was the youngest squad in FA Cup history. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying, that we made, they may be 68 places below us, but they played against the youngsters, like, they should have been. Ah, uh, I just don't know what to say. Just say it was an L, in it. <laughs> nah, it's not an L because we're still in it. Like we've still got another crack at it. Like you could say other teams that have been knocked out, teams that are not even in it. When I mention about Liverpool, like, come on, we, we're still we still got a chance in it. We'll see the return leg. If we lose that, then boy, it's even more of a major L. The size of Liverpool, man, do you know what I mean? At Anfield as well, you know, you saw like Plymouth, they, they, they were celebrating, jumping around. I heard one of their players even took a selfie with Klopp. I mean, do you know what I mean? This <laughs> is how much an achievement it was. No matter what team Liverpool put out, they should be dispatching of uh, Plymouth Argyle at home. If it was in a way tie, I would uh, have a little bit of sympathy, but to have exactly. a nil-nil draw at Anfield is... Yeah, but like I said, he's played, he's played a lot of youngsters. A lot of them ain't played a lot of football. But like I said, it's a lesson learned. Return leg, I doubt you'll be seeing so much of the youngsters again. You'll see him go for it. So until then, we'll see what happens. <laughs> again, again, like I said, that's another fixture. He's going to, you know, possibly play bigger players, you know. That's fixer congestion again. You've just gone through, you know, the holiday period with all the matches, which Klopp was moaning about. You know, and now he's just added another a self-inflicted extra fixture. Really, that's what this is. You know, again, like I said, unacceptable. Anyway, moving on to well, Stuart will think it's very unacceptable. It's West Ham nil, Man City five. Oh, what is? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's not too much. Um, uh, first of all, let me just let me just start off by saying, although I'm a West Ham fan, the way Man City played was was absolutely exceptional. So I don't want to take anything away from from Man City. But the fact of the matter is, West Ham was 
absolutely diabolical. Diabolical. Uh, Man, Man City played a full strength squad, whereas uh, West Ham, we decided to leave Payet on the bench for God knows what reason. Cayute is, is off to the African Nations Cup and we've also got Enna Valencia on loan at Everton, if you can work that one out for a new <laughs> type of reason. Uh, started off started off pretty much like the Man United game, to be honest. West Ham looked uh, a little bit of a threat and then a dodgy decision goes against us and a, a penalty is given. And Yaya Torre does what Yaya Torre does and sticks it in the back of the net, really. So, And from then on, it just capitulated into the worst ever West Ham performance you're ever likely to see. There's not really a lot of positives I can take out of a 5-0 drumming at the FA Cup. Although, <laughs> although Bilic did make some weird uh, decisions, decisions at 4-0 down, he decided to bring on Payet. What Payet did <laughs> what? at 4-0 down... I would have no idea, but it was really stupid. If you're going to rest him, just might as well rest him for the whole game. There's no point bringing him on at 4-0 down, mate. What's going to change? Well, like you said earlier, if if they're not playing mid in midweek, why is Pai not starting? Exactly, exactly. I, 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 I was a bit confused about that. Um, I did see on social media afterwards this hashtag that Bilic out. I think that's ridiculous. I don't think he should go anywhere. Unfortunately, what, what, what West Ham are going through at the moment is uh, a typical... Uh, Karen Brady, Sullivan and Gold move. They've done it at Birmingham. They just make you into a, a sellable club. That's what they're doing. They're making us into a commodity and then they're going to sell us on for big money, I would imagine, in the near future. So good luck to them. I think in- instead of Billich out, it should be a you know, London City Stadium out. Cause- well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's definitely another problem that I was going to get into as well is that if you look at the pitch, it's actually a lot wider than Premier League regulation state. So... It doesn't actually have to be that wide. What they should do is just shrink it down to the minimum requirement because West Ham, they play a narrow game. They just get exploited with uh, more space on the pitch, which is another ridiculous thing. Matt, so you're saying it was mainly West Ham being poor than Man City actually doing it? No, nah, not, not at all. Not at all. The West Ham was were terrible, but Man City were, were a class above and they didn't really have to get out of second or third gear, to be honest. They didn't really turn it on, but the, the passing and movement was just way too much for West Ham. And uh, yeah, the... The better team on the day, um, but doesn't really say much because I mean, most teams would have done better than uh, West Ham on that day. To be fair, they were shocking, shocking to say the least. So shades of that Arsenal performance, then? Yeah, I think it was actually even worse. If that's possible, I think it was oh a, a little bit worse. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be a lot of them at the moment. I, I definitely think that was uh, one to forget if you're a West Ham fan. Definitely, oh, yeah. if it was your first time down at the London Stadium, I recommend probably not going again yeah me as a football fan if my team lost 5-0 at home I'd be absolutely brewing um, I would be brewing to a next level I mean to <laughs> to, to be lose 5-0 that's not even trying to me get it you get kind of down tees in it at that point <laughs> I mean anyway we, we did touch a little bit on Arsenal there um, they played Preston away that was Preston 1 Arsenal 2 I did watch this game I mean this, it was your typical, stereotypical game of two halves. I mean, looked like a good game. <laughs> it, it was actually a good game. Actually, I wasn't looking forward to watching it because I was thinking, you know, it's just going to be another, another, you know, I mean, Arsenal win where they just trounce a small team. But it was nothing of the sort. The first half performance. I'm going to start with the positives for Paul Preston. Yeah, the build-up play for the first goal by Cullen Robinson. You know, nice little uh, assist for it. You know, they, they're actually playing good football. It wasn't you know long balls and nothing like that. They actually played some decent football. Uh, they should have definitely been at least three goals up in the first half. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, they were pressing. You know, they looked more motivated than Arsenal. 
you know, it was, it was a really good performance barring missing chances. Uh, moving on to the negatives, which was Arsenal in that first half, they were still in the dressing room as far as I'm concerned because very poor. It was extremely poor. There was no pressing. They looked, you know, they, they looked, they looked like a championship team. Do you know what I mean? They looked <laughs> like a championship team. It was absolutely pathetic. Uh, I can't even pick one player to say, you know, he, you know, he can hold his head up high for that first half. He was absolutely atrocious. That was the worst performance I've ever seen Oxley Chamberlain. I'm a big fan as well. Um, yeah, I have. like the Ox. Yeah, I do like the Ox, but boy, he was, he was awful. Ramsey first half. Awful. He was terrible as well. <laughs> yeah, he was he was absolutely pathetic. And then second half, Arsenal are awake. You know what I mean? They scored with they scored within seconds. You know, they were pressing, um pressing very high, they looked motivated. I don't know what Wenger said to them. You know, they you know, Ramsey scored, you know, and then another late, late goal by Giroud. That's his you know, fourth goal in four games. <laughs> but again, you think it was Giroud again, it's like you got to have the Giroud equation or what I call the Giroud equation or the Giroud law where he's got to miss two sitters before he scores a goal. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, he, he's yeah. not going to score a goal until he's missed a sitter. Do you know what I mean? This is the reason why you can't really go far with the man there. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, as long as he's scoring goals for now, you know, the Arsenal fans are loving it. Yep, very true. There's a bit of a toned down celebration as well. It's just surprising from Giroud. You expect the Scorpion <laughs> kick to come out for the winner, not for the equaliser. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit silly, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was actually a justified celebration this time. You know, yeah, exactly, it, exactly. Yeah, it was a decent goal. Though. Nice back heel from Perez. You know, no, I saw it. I saw it. It was a good goal. It was yeah, a good goal. if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd still be worried. Even but even though, even though they came back and won, it was exactly like the Bournemouth game where they start off asleep and then you know all of a sudden they decide to wake up. And in the, especially that first half, man, some of the individual errors were ridiculous. Not only were they not motivated, but they looked like amateurs, man. No, they were they were, they were <laughs> yeah. awful in that first half. They were they were absolutely awful. In that first half, he had Mustafi coming back from injury, and he 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 had his worst his worst game or his worst half, I should say. You know, what I mean, he made so many individual errors in the first half. You know, he could have cost him three goals alone. He was absolutely awful. You wouldn't think it's you know an international for Germany. Probably follow on from where you said about the the Preston first half, and they can they can really be proud of that first half because I mean, like you said, they could have been three, two or three goals up at least at least in the in the first half, which is unfortunate for them. If they would have got the two goal cushion, maybe they could have got it back for a replay. But unfortunately, they go out. Arsenal go through the CFA Cup. It's the wonder of the FA Cup, eh? Moving on to Man United against Reading. It's another game. I actually saw this game sort of halfway into the second half. Well, not halfway, but... Big score, Yeah, but yeah, it was like about 64... When I tuned in, actually, about 64 minutes, you know, Man United were tuning up and Reading probably had the best spell of the game. You know, they created a few, I wouldn't say chances, more like half chances. And then... You know, he was became the Rashford show, really. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he, he turned it on. He did turn it on, didn't he? <laughs> he just, he just sort of turned it on, man. He was an excellent pass from whoever it was. I can't remember. You know, went straight through, nice finish. But the second goal, oh my god, the four, the second goal for Rashford, and the you know, the fourth goal for United was an oh, absolute oh. big L <laughs> for the Reading keeper Al Habsi. It was shocking. You know, he tries has to, has to be an L of a week. Like, surely has to be the L of a week. For I think. El I think. That was- I think that definitely deserves an L of the week right there. You know. Yep. <laughs> because, you know, the ball comes back from the defender, you know, pass back. And instead of just controlling it or just, you know, hoofing it up the pitch, he tries to let the ball roll across his body, then buckles and Rashford just runs through and taps it in. You know, absolutely shocking. Absolutely <laughs> shocking. 
But, you know, in this game as well, you know, we saw Rooney, you know, equal Sir Bobby's record, you know, 249 goals. I'm not the biggest Rooney fan, never have been, you know, if nope. anything, I, I think he's, you know, slightly overrated. Um, but, you know, 249 goals in Big 543 games, you know, five Premier League titles, two League Cups, Champions League, one FA Cup, you know, it's, it's, it's decent, you know what I mean? You can't argue against the stats. Yeah, he's definitely got a good record and you, you can't really argue against the record, to be fair, to to score 249 goals for a club like United, you're, you're no slouch and maybe has declined over the last three or four years, but definitely being a player in the Premier League, probably hasn't done it at international level, but definitely being a player for, for, for the Premier League uh, golden years later on on Sky Sports, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you can't really write Rooney off. I mean, he don't play well all the time, but when he does come on, he will do a job somewhere in the game. He will give you that goal or the assist. He gives you that work rate that you need. Yeah. So you can't really fool him. Yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely, you know, with Rooney, I think he's above average for an English player. But because of this, <laughs> the English media sort of just gassed it too much. I mean, they had like a 7 out of 10 player. And just made him out to be some 10 out of 10 players, you know what I mean? The, the hype, even, you know what I mean, as a teenager and all that, man, it's like, you know, just be quiet, man. Let the man just, you know, develop, you know, play his football and stop just hyping him and expecting him, you know, to, to change games all it's by himself thing. and mm. you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, it's the typical, you know, overhyping of players, you know. Yeah, the too much pressure on uh, young shoulders at a, yeah. at a very young age was exactly. probably a bit too much and probably is a bit too much for most England players coming through even now you see it the likes of uh, Deli Ali who's whose club I believe was was a 2-0 victory today so yeah I've watched this game I'm very impressed with Spurs I think their defence like even the two fullbacks that came in today in Davis and Trippier brilliant I think if they've got their two main wingbacks if they've got any injuries them two are more than good enough to step in even though they didn't play their first like full team the players that came in today I think they've done really well yeah so I watched this game and well not all of it really but I thought I actually thought before Deli Ali came on I mean it, it was a bit of a boring game Spurs had a lot of possession but they weren't really you know creating um really open opportunities I thought when Deli Ali came on everyone sort of just picked up even though looking at it he didn't actually have anything to do with the two goals but it seemed everyone just started to play better as soon as he came on. He did inject a bit of life into the Spurs' performance. Raised everyone else's levels. Yeah, but you know what? I was very impressed with that Harry Winks. For a young kid, he, he did do pretty well in that centre of midfield. I think with Spurs, the problem they had today is the striker. He's not good enough for me. What are you talking about? That, uh, what's his name again? Jansen. Jansen, was it? Oh my God. That was one of the worst performances I've seen today. You know? Oh man, he was awful. <laughs> he was awful with the, his touch was poor his runs were poor his shooting was poor literally everything was poor but this guy is is dud absolutely dud there you go another another striker flopping at Spurs you know nothing new there remember Soldado wow yep. Soldado but see but that's when the game changed when he came off and they bought an alley a whole yeah. different game yeah a whole exactly. different game it's like Spurs transformed into some super super team because once he came on, the play was a lot better. The ball was flowing more. More players were coming into the game. Brilliant Deli Ali performance today. Yeah, fine enough. Even Sissoko, I thought as soon as Deli Ali was on the pitch, even he, he started to play well. <laughs> I mean, he seems to up his level as soon as Deli Ali was on the pitch. And you think, why couldn't you do that before? Yeah, but you know, I think it's the substitutions that he's made because he's even brought on 
another player and he came on he changed the game as well it's just more energy that he's brought into the game with the players he's taken off for the players that he's brought on a lot more energy a lot more creativity and look they've got two goals out of it anyway we move on to Wickham against Starbridge yeah yeah I, I, I have to admit I've watched the, the highlights first on match of the day and this uh, prompted me into finding a match for the whole 90 minutes yes that's yeah. how sad I am I did watch the whole 90 minutes of <laughs> Wickham Wanderers versus Stourbridge um, unfortunately the first half I probably should have fast forward because that was a typical cup tie as you would like to say to be honest with you it was on a real rough pitch the ball was bouncing all around there was no time for any players to get any sort of touch or, or chances on the ball so that was a bit of a damp drab at the, at the start but the second half it really kicked off into life and uh, Stourbridge were unlucky I mean they 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 they, they, uh, they were playing well they had all the chances and everything Wickham boots the ball up to the other side of the pitch and just puts it in the back of the net real calm real 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 little scruffy goal by Wickham I, I think a, a young boy called Sam Wood scored it and uh Sturridge to be fair they they were they 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 were they were they resorted to playing the uh, the long ball the long ball tactics of of a non-league team and they they just right. hoofed it up into the pitch and uh the, the big man put it down and then and then he just tucked it away beautifully it was a nice little finish and that was 1-1 and then uh, the beast, Stacken Fenwick, at the last depth for the last kick of the game, he rises like a, a tonk salmon, I would guess. <laughs> <laughs> and slaps the ball in the back of the net off of his head. It was a brilliant little goal. Gutted for Stourbridge because they really had a really had a go at it. Non-league opposition as well. So that's the last like, non-league team out of the FA Cup, which is always a sad moment. Yeah, I did see. Um, I did see the Akin Fenwell go. Actually, it was, it was it was a good it was a good cross. Actually, yeah, it was yeah, a good was, cross. You know, because he was literally like you can't go wrong with that one, boy. Well, unless if you're due before he scores a goal, but you know you, you can't go wrong with that one, boy. <laughs> definitely a sight to behold to see Akin Fenway jump so high. Anyway, because I don't know how he gets himself that big frame off the ground like that, man. Anyway, so that was our little FA Cup review. Obviously, we didn't see all the games. You know, we, you know I mean, but we got lives. You know, you know, what I mean, you can't yeah, expect so, us to sorry watch everything. Sorry, missed your team out. <laughs> You know what I mean? Sorry if you missed your team out, you know. You know, maybe one day if they make it further, you might get a mention, but hey. Especially Brentwood. I think they were 5-1. There you go. A little mention for Brentwood. Brent, Brentford, even. They, they, they were fire. They, they beat someone 5-1, I'm sure. So that was the biggest uh, scoring uh, tie of go. the round, which I'm glad because they obviously took that from West Ham. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, quick mention for, you know, Chelsea 1-4-1 against Peter Bright at home. Not much to say, you know. Just a Bog standard, standard. win that they should be doing. I mean, the only funny thing I saw was John Terry getting sent off. I mean, mm. <laughs> if you're, if you're playing at home to Peter, to Peter Brown, man, you should be getting sent off. Why are you getting yourself in them positions? <laughs> My days. That was his first game back as well this year. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't catch the player. I saw that. He couldn't catch the player. So he skipped past him. He took him down. That's it. <laughs> Sayonara. <laughs> Quick mention from my boys, Crystal Palace, you know, little hard fought, nil, nil, you know. Yes. Big sign of you turning <laughs> things around, you know. Big result. I'm, I'm absolutely excited with that one. Yeah. Nice replay another back game. at Selhurst. Yeah, exactly. Another game. Hmm, we really need that right now. Uh, <laughs> Join the club. Time. I'm not happy. Yeah. <laughs> at least, the boy, at least you boys are still in the hat, eh? You can always take that away from yourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, until well for Liverpool, yeah, definitely. But for us, boy, I don't know what will happen in that second leg <laughs> <laughs> in that replay. Anyway, so that was a little FA Cup review. We're gonna move on to the next week's Premier League fixtures. Yes, yes. On to the this weekend's games, where we'll be looking at predictions. We're just gonna see what people's predictions of the scores are. 
on to the first game, which would be Spurs versus West Brom. I've got Tottenham down for a free free one. Hmm. Solid. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make it a little bit closer. 2-1. I'm, I'm going to go one more than you, Kudo, and go 2-2. Two, two. Go on, though, Bromwich. <laughs> Typical West Ham family. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On to the next game. We've got Burnley versus Southampton. I've got Southampton down 2-1. One. 1-0 one Southampton. I'm going Burnley actually here. Burnley 1-0. Sticking it out. Yeah, I'm sticking out on this one. <laughs> I, think, I think they're pretty decent at home this season. Fair enough. They are actually, yeah. And the next fixture we will have Hull City versus Bournemouth. I mean, Bournemouth had a poor game today. I think I'm going to go with Bournemouth. Even though they had a poor game in the FA Cup, I'm going with Bournemouth 2-0. Yeah, same actually. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going for, for Bournemouth 2-0 actually. I think they're going to turn it around. Well, seen as uh, Bournemouth uh, saved all their players for this big league fixture, I would have to go to uh, Bournemouth <laughs> too. In fact, Bournemouth 4-0, seen as all of their players are well-rested after the non-FA Cup participants. 4-0? Boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, on to the next fixture. We will have Sunderland versus Stoke. Well, Stoke, another poor performance in the FA Cup. I'm going with Sunderland on this. 1-0 Sunderland. Boy, I think I think I'm gonna go for another draw actually. Two two. Stoke. I assume rest of some players for this one. I think it would be fairly even. I'm gonna go for two two draw. I'm gonna go for uh, two nil Sunderland. Jermaine Defoe to back both of them. And on to the next fixture, which will be Swansea versus Arsenal. Uh, I'm just gonna stick with Arsenal on this one. I think because Swansea have been poor in the Premiership. Three three nil Arsenal. Yeah, I'm going for a big one here, boy. I'm going for a nice 5-1 Arsenal. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think Swansea are going to get wrapped up. Fair I think enough. they're going to get wrapped up. I think Sanchez, he's, he's had a rest. You know what I mean? He's going to be fired up, boy. Yeah, I'd, I'd, go, I'd stick with a big score line and go 4-0 myself. The next fixture would be Watford versus Middlesbrough. This, oh, I'll this say... boring. 1-1. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going for a 0-0 with this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with 0-0 Middlesbrough, the lowest uh, scorers in the league. Watford are do-do as well so uh, nil-nil man nil-nil the next fixture will be West Ham versus Crystal have a word. Palace have a word what you? come on <laughs> my days I've got this down as 2-2 two, two. So I'm going to back my boys for this one I'm going to back my boys 2-1 two, 2-1 one, two, one Palace come on who gets it James Tompkins isn't it winning goal it's got to be isn't it yeah, 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 James <laughs> no I'd have to, uh, I, I, I can't if it's at the London Stadium, if it wasn't at home, oh, oh, we're terrible at home. Oh, God, I can't knock back at West Ham. 2-1, 2-1 West Ham. Go on, Yammers. Boy, we'll see. <laughs> James Tompkins, own goal. <laughs> <laughs> on to the next fixture, which will be Leicester City versus Chelsea. This is going to be a real difficult one. Can I'm gonna Derby. Go, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Leicester City. Oof. Boy, boy. Stick 1-0. One nil mm. Leicester. Wow. Well, wow. I'm going com- I'm going a comfortable box standard two nil win for Chelsea. I think they'll be back on form. I mean regulating teams again. Yeah, Chelsea don't let in too many goals and I'd have to have to say three one. Three one. The next fixture would be Everton versus Manchester City. Judging by City's FA Cup performance, I'm gonna be going with City on this one. 3-1 okay I'm going I'm actually going to go Everton on this one I think Everton for you know against the big teams they you know they fired they get all fired up I think they'll get a 2-1 win on this one Ooh, nice shout nice shout I reckon I reckon see I reckon your scoreline 2-1 but then I think 
it will get to that scoreline and Man City will turn it on and, and turn it around, I reckon, 3-2. And on to the last fixture of the weekend would be the biggest one going. Man United versus Liverpool. I don't know. I thought the West Ham Crystal Palace was the biggest one of the weekend, to be fair. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, that's an end-to-end podcast. You know what I mean? Derby, that is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough of the small chat of the smaller teams. <laughs> I'm going with Liverpool 3-2. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm on the fence with this one, you know. I think Liverpool, they've got that ability to play against the big teams, you know. But Man United, you know, they're in a you know, decent form. I'm going to go on the fence on this one. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad shout. No, I'm going to... I'm going to treat this as Mourinho would probably treat it on the weekend and, and stay way back and park that bus and I reckon <laughs> I, I reckon it is going to be a cheeky little Mourinho 1-0 special boy we know someone won't be happy with that eh? no way but you know you know what Mourinho is like with these high built games man he just shuts up that shop see you later I, I'm not losing it I am not losing it yeah yeah this is it because he, he, see with Mourinho because he's, he's been playing with Herrera and well, Carrick and then Pogba a bit further up, isn't he? Yeah. You know, you watch him change that. No, nah, he definitely he's got, he's got, he definitely will. Definitely yeah, will have you know. Carrick and Herrera just sit there and uh, may, maybe even uh, take that license away from Paul Pogba, which he's given him in the last couple of weeks to say, oh, you, you're you just going to have to sit there for a little bit. I think he might even drop Herrera, just bring in, just bring in Fellaini again. Oh, wow. So, wow know, that's, that's definitely sweet. a defensive manoeuvre, isn't it? Well, you know, this is a guy that played Pepe in midfield, you know, and Ramos yeah, in midfield got you know, for, the, for the big games, you know. So I, I can see him changing, changing the uh, working formula. You know, I mean, for for an extremely defensive one for the big games, he's you know, he's got history of that. Yeah, part of the bus. All right, well, that's the end of our predictions. Thank you for listening to the first episode of the End to End podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and make sure you leave a rating and. uh Hit us up on Twitter as well. We want to know what you have to say about what we said, you know. If you agree with us, if you think we we're talking, you know, absolute rubbish, you know, we would want to know, you know. That's uh, at E2E Football Pod, at E2E Football Pod on Twitter. And follow us on Instagram, end to end Football Podcast. Good stuff. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.